0: Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Synex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's
0: your host, Mike Adams. And hello everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day as we wrap up another week. Here's how we're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about the the pork market and packing plants with Steve Meyer, economist for Kearns and Associates. We'll talk grain markets with Arlen Suderman from Stone X. And we'll talk about the ongoing speculation about who could be the next Secretary of Agriculture as we'll talk with the DTN Ag Policy Editor Chris Clayton also want to talk about some other news out of Washington, D.C., including quite a proposal from outgoing House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson concerning the CRP. We'll talk about that with Chris Clayton and preview next week's DTN Ag Summit as well, coming up later in today's program. But we're going to start things off today checking in with Kent Backus, Senior Director, International Trade for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Kent, good to have you back with us. We have visited throughout the year on trade issues when it uh, concerns beef trade. we talked about some positives and, and some challenges. Overall, considering the year we've had in 2020 with the, the pandemic and everything else, how would you uh, grade this year as far as uh, a beef trade is concerned and the trade issues you've dealt with?
2: Well, I would give... <laughs> i would have to break that up into a couple of uh, a couple of different grades but i think overall we have just outperformed uh all the expectations uh, when you look at the beginning of the year we started very strong and a lot of that had to do with the new access we had into japan into uh, the eu and some of the other major markets then COVID hit and that was just a big blow to all of us uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to keep the supply chains moving. We were able to to meet a lot of that demand in the Asian markets. And that's really brought us forward. I think, you know, you look at the last half of the year, we're performing uh, just uh, way above uh, expectations. And, you know, we're almost back up to our record-setting numbers of last year when you look at overall value. So I think we're going to finish the year strong. And uh, hopefully we will have a little more stability going into 2021 as we have these vaccines, as we start to see countries reopen and reemerge. Uh, but I think all in all, we couldn't have, uh, we couldn't have done any better than, than what we have expected. And I think we really surpassed a lot of those expectations when a lot of people thought that this was going to be uh, potentially another 2004 year for us where we would just see, you know, catastrophic losses. And it's been anything but that.
0: Well, that's quite an accomplishment given the disruption, not just in the, our economy here, but the global economy. to To be able to uh, look back and ha- say we had that kind of a successful year, uh, that says a lot. Now, you mentioned the the trade deal with Japan. That was a big part of it. What were some of the other factors you think that really contributed to the the strong year you had?
2: Well, I think you know the fact that we were able to finally get the USMCA ratified and and you know through congress and implemented i think that was huge finally having that stability in the north american market knowing that we weren't going to see the borders close or see any further disruptions that really helped us get things nailed down in our own backyard but i don't think we can i don't think that we can uh, you know discount <clears throat> what a gain we've had from this phase 1 of the the china agreement and while we haven't seen you know this exponential growth uh, so far but we have seen a tremendous uptick in our sales. And I think our future is bright in China. And so you look at you look at all of this growth in Japan and Korea and in Taiwan, all of these Asian markets, that's really where our strong future is going to lie. And the fact that we've been able to remove so many of these barriers, not only the tariff barriers but the non-tariff barriers, removing the hormone ban, lifting the BSE restrictions in a number of these countries – that's going to open up more of our supply for those Asian markets that really want that high quality and safe U.S. beef. And we are the preferred protein of choice, and that is where we want to stay. We want to continue to capture that demand, especially in those higher value markets.
0: Now, looking ahead to 2021 um, and keeping in mind that there are still legal battles being fought uh, over the election so it's not official yet but if indeed it is in biden administration uh, there has been talk of tpp coming back or us uh, being interested in getting back into into that agreement Uh, what do you see there what are you hearing and what would that mean for beef
2: uh honestly I, i think i think it's too early to tell There's been a lot of speculation as to what a Biden administration would look like on trade. Would it be a renewal of a lot of the Obama-era trade policies? I think you could see some of that, but I think we're going to see a larger footprint of climate issues, of labor issues involved in trade agreements. And I think that's going to make it extremely difficult for us to rejoin the TPP when you look at the human rights concerns from some of these countries, when you look at the environmental concerns, uh, you know some of those were, were sort of addressed in the previous trade deal, but I think to, to try to get those implemented now would be a huge lift. Uh, we, we don't have the leverage we once had uh, as a founding member of the TPP, so now we would have to uh, essentially have the approval of all these other countries. And uh, a lot of the changes that were made after we left – are not uh, ideal for the United States, especially for some of the the larger uh, intellectual property industries and things like that. So I think that's I think that's going to be a heavy lift. I don't think it's impossible, uh, but I, it's not the same deal that we left. It has changed, and I think that in order to do that, we'd have to have all these other countries agree to it. But I think the even heavier lift would be to try to get that deal through Congress. You know, unfortunately, both parties kind of poison the well on TPP uh it was the you know, the the worst trade deal that you would ever see and, and depending you know i mean both parties said that so you know that that's going to be really hard to to change that mindset uh i think we may see some bilateral deals with some of those countries we may see even a different multilateral deal emerge uh you know that has biden's own footprint or fingerprints on it uh but i think if we have another 4 years of a trump administration i think we're going to continue to engage Uh, directly with China. I think we're going to engage with some of these other countries in that area and and push for bilateral trade. But regardless of what happens, uh, I think we are going to see a lot of pressure from Congress to include more climate policies, more labor policies uh, in any future trade agreement moving forward. And I think that's just a reality that everyone in agriculture is, is starting to understand and starting to prepare for.
0: All right. Well, um, in a year that's uh, been short on good news, um, you've given us some. It was a good year overall, all things considered, especially for beef trade and uh, kind of gives us a hopefully a strong foundation to move into 2021. Sounds like you're optimistic for that. So we look forward to that and hope for a much better year in 2021. Good to talk with you, Kent. As always, uh, have a safe holiday season. We'll be talking again soon. Okay, thank you. Take care. Kent Back is Senior Director of International Trade for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Strong year for beef exports even with the challenges of COVID nineteen. What about on the pork side? We're gonna talk with Steve Meyer, economist with Kearns and Associates next on AOA. <music> Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Come
3: experience the virtual DTN 2020
0: Ag Summit, December 7th through 9th.
3: Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers around the world. The DTN Ag Summit, December 7th through 9th. Register at DTN.com forward slash Ag Summit.
4: A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Senex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel diesel that doesn't mess around the landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information while major news outlets show decreasing credibility your local farm radio station still shows strong marks in a recent survey farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets Farm Radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting.
5: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected, and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and
6: follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
0: Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information
1: America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture.
0: Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so we just heard from NCBA's Kent Backus that 2020... For all of its challenges, it was a pretty good year for the beef industry. A lot of good trade news, a lot of good export numbers, and uh, some key markets, and optimistic going into 2021. We know it's been an up-and-down year for the pork industry. Let's talk about that with Steve Meyer, economist for Kearns & Associates. Steve, good to have you back with us. Uh, where are we right now here at the end of the year?
7: Well, Mike, um, we're in much better shape than we've been. Uh, we've, uh, we've caught up on marketing's back during the fall, I think we're pretty current, except in North Carolina, there's still some hogs backed up there, and the weights on these packer-produced pigs, we you know, we get them as a group. We don't get them individually, but the weights on those are still significantly higher than the producer-sold pigs that are going to town. But uh, we're in better shape now, though we've had a little softening in this market recently that we thought would hold in a little better and I, I think some of the pretty robust demand we saw in September and October has probably backed off just a little bit at least at the wholesale level. We won't know, uh, we'll get data on Monday that'll give us October's uh, demand figures but um, I think it's going to show that, that the wholesale level is backed off a little bit. Whether whether retail has or not, we'll have to wait and see what happens on Monday.
0: So we're hearing so much about the surge in, in- covid cases but we've not heard the news uh, coming out of packing plants that we heard earlier in the year uh, for the most part are they up and going now at, at, at what level are we now
7: for the most part the, the plants that we've tracked uh, since last spring uh, are 96 and a half percent so we've got the idle uh, capacity at three and a half it's been down as low as 3.1 on our periodic surveys um we had a little bit of improvement in North Carolina with the Tar Heel plant this week on their three-foot rate, and so uh, we're actually doing pretty well on that. I, I really didn't think we'd get much over 95, and uh, we've been running in that 96% range for several weeks now, so I, I think that's a real positive. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to get 2.7 million in change harvested this week and next, which is a bigger number than what I expected. And then the week before Christmas, we think we'll have close to 2.8 as we'll run a pretty big Saturday that week in, uh, in anticipation of a two-day or a three-day holiday for uh, for plant workers on Christmas and the day after Christmas and then on Sunday since Christmas falls on Friday. So um, we think we're, we're in pretty good shape on that. Uh, the plants, we have heard of some, you know, some problems in some places. They've been kind of small and scattered uh, there was a sow plant that had some trouble a couple of weeks ago uh, the big barrel and gilt plants though we haven't heard much talk of them backing off one plant in illinois backed off with a little bit on their daily uh, runs this week but uh, still uh, i think we're getting through it pretty well and and you know uh, immunities uh, better knowledge levels quicker reaction time all of those things are coming into play here as we expected they would.
0: We're talking with Steve Meyer, Kerns and Associates Economist. So, Steve, with the lessons learned of 2020, uh, do you feel pretty good going into 2021? About, uh, you know, I hesitate to say uh, we're ready for 2021 because you just, uh, 2020 taught us, you just don't know what's coming, that's for sure. But uh, do you feel pretty good about lessons learned that we can carry over to 2021? Oh, I
7: don't know if I feel pretty good. I, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not dreading it at this point because I think we have reduced the sow herd. Some productivity is going to offset that. We think we're going to slaughter about as many pigs next year as we did this year, with some very large quarterly, year-over-year fluctuations because of all the disruptions we had in the 2020 data. Um, we still think we're going to have plenty of pigs available. Uh, we think we've got enough capacity to handle that number of pigs now. If we were to go into a growth mode of any sort, we could be in trouble because uh, we just need, you know, if, if we're going to grow the business, we're going to need another shift or two on packing plants or a new packing plant somewhere at some time. And until that's done, then you don't have a lot of room to grow here. So I think it's important for producers to to consider uh How much growth we can handle as we go forward, and build that into their production decisions, whatever they may be. Um, uh, The demand side has been good. Of course, exports have been very good this year. We're going to be record large. Uh, I don't think China is going to recover enough on their animal production, protein production, to reduce their imports of pork substantially next year. Matter of fact, I don't think they're probably going to go down much at all. And we're in good. Place to capture that with the problems that the EU, and Germany in particular, has had, and you know the potential that
2: we might have a little friendlier relationship with China
7: here next year. Uh, that could be possible. That could possibly be good. News. So I guess I'm guardedly optimistic. I was way more optimistic about profits. We ran corn prices up to eight dollars cost of
0: production. Okay, Steve, you're cutting out a little bit on us here. We're having Sorry, a little trouble hearing you right I'm,
7: now. I'm, I think my microphone moved. I was feeling yeah, a lot better about production. The profitability side, Mike, I'm sorry, the microphone moved. Uh, the profitability side, before we ran up uh, these these grain prices, uh, to add $7, $8 to the cost of production uh, here in the last couple of months. So uh, the profit outlook isn't as good as it was just a couple of months ago, but I think, you know, barring any major expansions out there, I think we'll be okay next year uh, from a hog price standpoint.
0: Yeah, you brought up just what I was thinking about. I mean, on the one side, you, it looks like strong demand will continue into 2021. But on the other hand, uh, feed costs are certainly going up.
7: Certainly have. And, and, and you know, there, there are a lot of producers, I think, took advantage of that and booked some feed, but probably not nearly as many as obviously would like to have done it right now. So um, we still think that that's a positive, positive. Um, you know, there, there, uh, there's a few looming issues, one of them being the Prop 12 situation in California uh, that we've got to get reconciled, you know, so somebody's got to get reconciled because technically on January 1st, 2022, it will be illegal to sell a product or sell a fresh pork product in, our, in, in California uh, if, if from a sow that didn't have 24 square feet of uh, space. And there are not very many sales in the United States that that meet that criteria right right now. And so packers are kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do to serve that market or whether they're, you know, I I don't think we want them to walk away because that's 13% of the population in the United States. And, uh, you know, if we're producing product for those and it can't go there, that's, that could really cause a problem when we get to January 1, 2022. So uh, that's an issue. There's still a pending lawsuit over that as to whether it violates the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. Uh, we'll see kind of how that plays out as we go through the year. But there's beginning to be more and more talk about that and, and how, how the industry is going to handle it.
0: And as you've pointed out many times, labor will continue to be a huge issue.
7: Labor's still the issue i mean even 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 under the best circumstances with, with regard to coronavirus we're still uh, we still need more labor in our plants i mean one of the issues as we've gone through this year is we we got the plants running back up from the harvest standpoint, but we haven 't really gotten very many of them back up to full value adding i mean you can look at the difference in the price of boneless hands and bone in hands and of back ribs and loins and see that you know we're not getting a lot of that stuff uh boned out uh, into into a form that really customers want more than they do with the bone in and so we need labor to do that we need labor to capture more value from from uh, the drop and variety meats, and so that's going to be an issue and of course uh, a new administration will have a new take on the situation with immigrants and immigration and uh, uh you know hopefully we can come to some meeting of the minds on immigration policy uh, within this administration I don't know if that's in the cards or not Um, um, every time we have a change like this we we hope things are going to get better and uh, um, I guess that's where I find myself today
0: Well, all things considered, when I think back on the conversations we've had during the course of this year and where we were at certain times with the packing plants and those situations, um, it's certainly a a better picture now than we would have thought maybe just a few months ago.
7: Well, it certainly is, and especially with the potential of a vaccine out there that, number one, uh, alleviates suffering and keeps people from dying. I mean, that's you know, as much as we like to look at a vaccine from a business standpoint about getting those restaurants back open, I mean, we need to remember this is a humanitarian issue, and that, that really comes should be front and center. But, uh, you know, if we have a vaccine that's effective, that uh, we can produce in large numbers, you know, perhaps we're going to get our, 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 our chains and our supply chains back to normal. Um, I think everyone's optimistic about that at this point, and uh, uh, we'd certainly like to not go through April and May again.
0: That's for sure. Steve, good to talk with you. Have a safe uh, holiday season, and we'll talk again soon.
7: Sure will, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. And same to you.
0: Thank you. Steve Meyer, economist for Kearns & Associates. Well, now we'll focus on the grain markets. Up next, Arlen Suderman with StoneX. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Every Tuesday we're sitting around the table sponsored by CHS where we'll be talking with folks from throughout the cooperative system. Join us as we discover what makes cooperatives unique when there are more options to do business with than ever before. We'll learn how farmers and ranchers like you benefit from a system where decisions are made by the members that own it. Tune in every Tuesday for a round the Table or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more.
5: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected, and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
8: You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Egg Network. I'm Kirsten Rahl. Grain futures have turned lower after mixed overnight trade, with higher soybean and soybean oil, while wheat, meal, and corn were all lower. It feels like our markets are trying to hammer out some ranges, which will provide direction for trade this winter. On the board of trade, March corn trading six cents lower at 4.20 and a half cent. The May contract down five and three quarters at 4.23. March soybeans trading seven and a half cent lower. At 11.62 and three quarters of a cent. The November contract down four and three quarters at 10.35 and a half cent. Chicago Wheat March down seven and three quarters at 5.76 and three quarters of a cent. Kansas City Wheat March down six cents at 5.43 and three quarters. Minneapolis Spring Wheat March down two and a half cent at 5.51. Traders are attempting to stabilize livestock markets at the end of this week following active pressure on Thursday. Growing concerns of increased COVID 19 cases and the short and long-term impact on beef and pork demand tipped livestock markets into negative territory for the week. In cash cattle country, another round of light trade was seen yesterday at generally steady money with Wednesday's business. While it is possible we may see a little more trade take place today, it looks like the bulk of the business is essentially done for this week. Asking prices for cattle left on show lists are around $112 plus in the south and $175 plus in the north. On the Board of Trade, February live cattle down $1.32 at thirty-two dollars 25 The April contract down $95 at one fifteen thirty-five. March feeder cattle down $82 at $138.50. The April contract down $72 at $139.97. February lean hogs $1.62 lower at $65.37. The April contract down $1.35 at $69.12. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall.
1: The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, 1,000 bucks. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301 Call now and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301 800-434-5301 That's 800-434-5301 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301.
0: Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Sinex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information
1: America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams.
0: All right, we talk now with Chief Commodities Economist for Stonex, Arlen Suderman. Arlen, thank you for joining us. We we just talked with Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. He said, overall, it's been a pretty strong year for beef trade. Uh, We talked with Steve Meyer, economist with Kearns & Associates, and said, all things considered, they're finishing pretty strong with the pork industry overcoming a lot of big challenges. Uh, Been quite a year, ups and downs. Uh, As we sit here in December, your thoughts on the grain markets and what we've been through this year, and where we're finishing the year at.
9: Well, we've certainly had more volatility this year than what we had in 2019, and uh, that's been to the good side from a producer standpoint. End users would have probably a different view of it, certainly. Um, but we have seen more opportunities. Uh, we've we've seen the tables turn from a focus on um, on deflation to one of inflation in prices. Um, we've seen widespread weather concerns and problems at the same time that we've seen an increase in demand. Certainly the fruit of Chinese demand coming to fruition. A lot of credit going to the phase one trade deal on that. I certainly did expect demand from China to increase notably, but I do not think it has as much to do with um, with the phase one trade deal is what it did just changing dynamics within china Uh, but i think the trade is also racing ahead and making assumptions about where that projects in the future that i think are risky as well but the net result has been better prices certainly for grain and oilseed markets and uh, some opportunities there to even build further on this depending on how things play out with the global weather patterns here in the months ahead
0: Okay, so not not thinking China is done buying completely, but is their buying spree, their shopping spree, over for a while?
9: Yeah, and we knew that they were front-loading purchases. Uh, we finally, got, I think we're getting a good handle on what their demand is, but they were front-loading purchases, they were front-loading shipments. Those are in decline seasonally now. They basically booked what they needed to book to get them to the normal Brazilian shipping period. The question is, is with the weather that Brazil's had, how much, of, how much has that shipping period been delayed, and have they bought enough to fill the gap if the delay is longer than what they think and I think there's probably some more potential buying there depending on how crop maturity plays out in the weeks ahead and uh, as we move through the crop uh, the pod fill time period toward maturity and that's an unknown now the crop can end up small because of La Nina that's yet to be determined if that happens I think that is more of a supportive factor as we get into next summer and fall Because once those first soybeans start to ship, then China's going to take all their business south of the equator until they have emptied the supplies, emptied the shelves in Brazil, and then they'll come back to the United States, and what will we have available? So I don't think we can necessarily expect a short crop in Brazil to result in an immediate surge in prices here in the United States uh, because with the currency exchange rate advantage that brazil has they're definitely going to have cheaper prices once those beans become available near term the big question is when will they become available
0: so if south america has anywhere close to even a normal crop average crop for them does that pretty much limit uh, much more upward movement for our soybean market i mean is the rally kind of stalled then at that point
9: well, once we get soybean supplies from a historical standpoint, once we get soybean stocks below a 7% stocks to use ratio, each incremental reduction below that results in a much more amplified move in price upward to try to ration demand, because demand for soybeans is fairly inelastic. It's difficult with higher for higher prices to ration that demand. So... The other question is Argentina, while it was spending all of our focus on Brazil, Argentina is the world's largest exporter of soy meal and soy oil. If they have a short crop and the odds of that are much greater than what they are for Brazil, then the world has to look elsewhere for soy oil and soy meal, and so that could increase our crush demand here in the United States, pushing us to capacity of, of our current plants that we have that can give us an incremental rise in prices every 10 20 million bushels now that we reduce ending stocks has a much bigger positive impact on price so i hesitate to say this because everyone grasps onto it but beans in the teens are still very possible and significantly so depending on how that plays out and how incrementally we drop it. We can drop stocks another 50, 60 million bushels, and it will have a much bigger impact on price than we did the last 50 to 60 million that we came down.
0: Okay, I'm writing it down. Arlen says beans in the <laughs> teens, still possible. That, that's the headline, that's the takeaway, right? But uh, but you're not saying it's going to happen, you're saying it's it could happen, right?
9: Yeah, exactly right, depending on how weather plays out in South America. Uh, We anticipate the demand story is going to stay strong, so the question now is supply. And as I've worked on my world balance sheet for 2021-22, there's a lot can happen between now and and then, but it looks like bean supplies are going to stay relatively snug now over the coming year, and there's not going to be a lot of margin for error for weather problems. So I think we'll see a lot of continued volatility in the bean market over the next year or two.
0: And when you think we started the year and spent half of this year talking about how do we deal with burdensome supplies, you know, stocks of beans. And now we're talking about this, uh, quite a turnaround uh, from where we started. All right. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with StoneX. What about uh, the corn market? What do you see there? <clears throat> the corn market still has significant
9: upside potential as well, but it probably has more downside potential in addition. So we can go either way. We're really riding the fence, and, and it comes down to a couple factors. The demand is not as certain with China. Now, the, their fundamentals in China are definitely bullish. That doesn't mean that they will take our supplies if you look at it from a westerner's standpoint china has no choice but to really open the floodgate of imports but the chinese communist party doesn't look at it from a westerner's standpoint and they have in the past previously done things that to us would seem illogical, but they have their own reasons for doing so. And I believe that for the next year or two, they're going to try to hold the limit on the amount of corn imports to try to force the industry into self-sufficiency. I think they're going to fail at that, but for the next year or two or three, they may be successful in limiting those imports that prevent some of the bullishness from really playing out. And the other factor that's playing into that still is what happens with ethanol demand, with coronavirus still not under control. The good news is that we do have several vaccines that we're starting to ramp up. That should help over the coming six months. But we also have rapidly rising coronavirus numbers that hit new records this week and are seeing more and more shutdowns and gasoline consumption is going down, and that means demand for ethanol is going down. So how those two things play out will really be key to where we go in the corn market. Now, as we look at the Chinese demand situation, We've got pig numbers definitely up. A lot of those are young herds now. They will be growing, and I think after the lunar year your demand for feed, soy meal, and corn is going to go higher. For soy meal, China has shown that they will buy what they need. For corn, they do have some alternatives, and they've shown their interest in using those alternatives, if necessary, to try to hold things down. So the story for corn is less certain than it is for soybeans.
0: Uh, I keep hearing people say we'll be about a 50-50 corn-soybean-acre split next year. Is that what you're thinking?
9: Right now, that's what I'm working on, yes. Somewhere right around uh, 90 to 91 million acres of each. That can still flip one way or the other to an advantage. We have about 8 million acres of prevent plant from last year that can still come back into production. Um, But uh, I think we're moving much closer to that 50-50 for next year.
0: All right, so have you ever seen a year like this where the first half and the second half were just almost exact opposite?
9: Yeah, it certainly doesn't happen very often, but uh, when you do this for four decades, you do periodically see things repeat. And uh, so when things look like uh, the darkest days and night are here, that's when I start looking for the positive because that does mean things are about to turn. But it also means when things are extremely bullish, I start looking for the things that can turn around, because a cure for low prices is low prices, and a cure for high prices is high prices. That does hold true.
0: Yep, some of those uh, old sayings uh, still come into play, don't they? As you said, they're still true. All right, Uh, just so you know, my tweet is, while not predicting it, Stonex economist Arlen Suderman says, beans and the teens still possible, Okay that'll create better,
9: that's for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see who jumps on that one you may get a few uh comments on that one all right well as always arlen good to talk with you we'll stay in touch we got a little bit left of 2020 here so as we know things can change but uh kind of a good perspective of where we're at after quite a year thanks a lot
9: thank you and if 2020 continues to play out it will
0: yeah, we may still have some fireworks left before it's over. We'll see. That's uh, Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for StoneX. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with the Ag Policy Editor for DTN, Chris Clayton. Get his thoughts. What is he hearing about potential candidates for Secretary of Agriculture? Some uh, We keep hearing about Marsha Fudge and Heidi Heitkamp, but there are some other names that are still being talked about. And what uh, does that choice or that decision on who that would be what kind of message, if any, does that send about the direction of USDA in a Biden administration? And we'll also talk about a, quite a CRP proposal from outgoing House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson. And we we'll also want to look ahead to next week's DTN Ag Summit. So lots to talk about next with Chris Clayton from DTN. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
6: I can't get my computer to work. Let
0: me help you with that.
6: How'd you do that?
5: I just got techie with Geeks On site.
1: Our geeks literally come on site. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered.
10: Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 866-967-3879. 866-967-3879. That's 866-967-3879. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end the good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating, your kidneys could keep filtering, and your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant, you're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
4: A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Senex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
10: experience the virtual dtn 2020 ag summit december 7th through the 9th challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations the dtn ag summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong general sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts have some fun and network with top farmers from around the world the dtn ag summit december 7th through the 9th register at dtn.com forward slash ag summit
5: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
0: Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Joining us now is the president elect of the National Pork Producers Council, Jen Sorensen, to tell us about the Give a Ham Challenge.
8: We're excited to launch our national Give a Ham Challenge, which is our holiday giving program where U.S. hog farmers contribute back to the communities they support. You know, this is a core value for U.S. pork producers. And we're happy to celebrate it and champion it through the the Give a Ham Challenge, which is a social media campaign, but ultimately, hopefully, we'll get over two million servings of pork into local food pantries, community shelves, and community organizations. Participating is really easy. All you have to do is open your heart and, and give a pork product, it could be ham, it could be pork loin, any pork product, any protein product, into a food pantry, and then pop it up on social media and use that hashtag, give a ham.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. With Sinex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. information America's farmers
1: and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams.
0: And we're joined now by the Ag Policy Editor for DTN, Chris Clayton. Chris, thank you for joining us. Several things I want to talk about, including a little news that uh, Colin Peterson has made as he will be leaving as chairman of the house Act committee leaving congress altogether of course he, he he was defeated in his re-election bid but uh, he kind of made some headlines by calling for mandating 50 million acre crp he says to address climate change um, obviously this isn't going to get passed this year but uh, what do you think of that moving forward do you think that's something that will get some traction
3: no, <laughs> no, I don't think that, that's a lot of traction going forward. Um, uh, it, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. I mean, you're practically doubling the program. Um, you would get a lot of resistance from just off the top of my head, you know, groups like the, uh, National Grain and Feed Association and others that, uh, uh, rely on, um, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, ag production. Uh, I just don't think we're going to want to idle 25 million acres, million more acres, um, and, and the rental cost that it might take to, to make that happen. Um, there are other ways to address climate change and agriculture really well without having to idle, um, you know, 50 million acres nationally.
0: He also said that... Uh taking land out of production is a more effective alternative than using the conservation stewardship program or some other method of paying producers for practices, such as cover crops and sequester carbon in the soil. And he questioned whether USDA has the legal authority to use its commodity credit corporation account to pay farmers for carbon offsets, uh, because now that is something that has been uh, mentioned. by some in the uh, Biden transition team. So, I mean, these are the types of proposals and ideas and discussions that I think we're gonna be hearing a lot more about.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always been this conflict and issue with, the, with the, the conservation stewardship program. Tom Harkin was really the big advocate for it and he was able to get it done when he was chairman uh, and get it in place. But it's just never gotten the uh, the support from really either House or Senate Agriculture Committee members uh, that it had when it was under Harkin, and that's always been some of the issue there. But uh, um, you don't have to necessarily use CSP to pay farmers to sequester carbon. You can certainly use CSP to expand to all these other conservation practices, and uh, and provide farmers with a payment, while maybe also allowing them and certifying them under CSP to go out and sell carbon credits uh, on their own and, and through through a private market. And I, I think that's where you're going to see more you know movement going forward. Um, the idea of this this land bank notion probably is not going to be the thing. under under a government program that's going to work uh, as well as a uh, private sequestration market.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what direction this takes. Um, Also interesting to see who will be the next Secretary of Agriculture. We hear the names Marcia Fudge and Heidi Heitkamp quite a bit, but there are some other names. What are you hearing?
3: Well, um, there's just been a tremendous amount of focus on, uh, representative fudge. Um, she has gained, uh, a lot of uh, support among, um, uh, more progressives. Um, certainly, uh, key members, uh, black members of Congress have, uh, supported her. Some unions, um, uh, have backed her. So she's uh, gotten a lot of uh, traction and, um, it's going to be interesting to see um, how Biden um, handles and handles USDA. It's interesting that USDA has suddenly become perhaps one of the most controversial potential mm-hmm. uh, selections for uh, secretaries instead of treasury or defense or one of the others. It's, uh, you know, these uh, a lot of the progressives are saying no. You really want to make change and reform? You've got to do something about uh, USDA, and and this is a place to start. So um, that is uh, a really uh, an amazing kind of wake up call to see that there's so much focus on uh, on, the, on the direction of USDA and who would
0: be ag secretary. Yeah, I I, I think the same thing. It. it... Uh, that has stood out to me, and I know some don't think so, but I think the choice of the next Ag Secretary does send a message or a signal about the direction USDA will be going under a Biden administration. Hey, before we let you go, um, Chris, I uh, want to just mention your upcoming DT and Ag Summit next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You have quite a lineup of speakers. We hope people will go to your website and get uh, signed up for that because it's a good program.
3: Okay. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Uh, like everything else, it's a virtual event this year, um, but uh, we've got a lot of uh, key speakers. In You know, one of the most interesting, I think, is we have uh, a, a gentleman from Microsoft who's going to explain and tell us why Microsoft has suddenly become a lot more engaged and interested in agriculture. Um, and this more or less somewhat plays into some of these issues about uh, importance of data and and how climate change will be addressed going forward through you know private companies like uh, you know Microsoft for instance
7: so Mm -hmm.
0: And yeah, we look forward to talking with some of the speakers from your Ag Summit uh, next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday here on Adams on Agriculture. And again, we encourage people to go to the DTN website and get signed up for that uh, summit coming up next week. Well, Chris, always good to talk with you. Uh, some interesting uh, stories here at the end of the year and uh, some choices for key positions. We'll talk more about it in the future. Thanks a lot.
3: All right. Have a great uh, weekend, Mike.
0: You too. Take care. Chris Clayton, DTN Ag Policy Editor. With that, we wrap it up for today and for the week. It's been another interesting week. I'm sure next week will be as well. Have a safe weekend, everyone, and hope you'll join us again Monday right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Cinex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.
5: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected, and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.